0: Ooh, you know, the rhetoric du jour is to call someone a political extremist. Ooh, ooh, extremist. Well, an extremist is a person who holds extreme or fanatical political or religious views, especially one who resorts to or advocates extreme action. Might just be called convictions. I don't know. But the mainstream media loves to talk about people who hold conservative values as being synonymous with extreme beliefs and behavior. In fact, to be a conservative has now become, well, pretty much interchangeable with being a fanatic, a radical, a zealot, fundamentalist, hardliner, diehard, militant, bigot, sectarian, ultra-partisan, maniac. Ooh, and the left screams amen. You know, we live in a day. In which flying an American flag immediately gets you labeled, backing the blue, or speaking up for first responders or military heroes lumps you in with an unsavory crowd, believing the government should leave you alone to live your life, sanctifying life as precious, operating under a traditional value system, believing in the Bible, or even the Constitution of the United States, wanting to put America first, pursuing exceptionalism, hell, even using the word exceptionalism, can get you castigated into the fires of political ire and mainstream scrutiny. Boy, these are rough times we're living in, but opening the borders to all comers, killing kids in the third trimester, using abortion as birth control, mutilating or hormonally altering children, banning political opponents from ballots, interfering in elections, and cheering on the advent of World War III while fighting and funding proxy wars that have nothing to do with our own interest right here at home, along with embracing the wishes of big government, big pharma, big media, big partisan judicial system run amok. Well, that's deemed perfectly normal behavior, and to speak out against it, well, you must be an extremist. I mean, whiskey, tango, Foxtrot. It would seem that those in the places of power and those who occupy the loudest platforms want us to label one another extremists. So then we don't have to deal honestly with one another anymore. So debate, discussion, dialogue, disagreement with the ability to come back together and find common ground is dead in the water. And it would seem that's exactly how they want it to be. The question is, are you okay with that? If you are, well, then we got a problem because little hope remains for our country and our way of life. As the great prophet Rodney King once inquired, can't we all just get along? Well, the answer to that, deduced from the diatribes of social media and the arguments over Thanksgiving get-togethers, would seem to be a resounding no. So maybe Chicken Little was right, and the proverbial sky rains down upon us, and reality and truth soak into the ground to become watered-down intellectual mud. Is there a way for us to once again embrace a little common sense and find our way back to a place of reason? Well, I don't know, but thank you for joining me on this extreme episode of The Chad Prather Show as we dissect with common sense some of the issues facing us today. Love y'all. God bless you. Here we go.
1: You see January 6th protesters being thrown into prison for decades upon decades of their lives. We're talking about really serious stuff here that Donald Trump could set right. And I think that the average conservative voter sees that. The average conservative voter sees the judicial system has been weaponized against us. The only way forward is to get the guy who knows firsthand how bad it can be to get that guy to fix it. And by retribution, what I mean is burn the whole system down, burn the FBI down, burn the DOJ down, burn them down. Mm.
0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. Oh my gosh, we're going to make history today. You guys have no idea what you are in for. Uh, We have, we have harnessed the power of technology. (laughs) These are famous last words because we'll probably screw this all up. But this is the inaugural episode of us actually streaming in a guest. That's right. You, you asked for it. You wanted it. You got it. We're streaming in guests. We're going to get into uh, the ever-living, everlasting profundities of the world around us, and who better to bring on to this show as the inaugural streaming guest, but the ever-lovely and amazingly talented dun, 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 Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, welcome
1: <laughs> hi, thank you. Uh, what an introduction. I'm happy hi. to be uh, your guinea pig.
0: Uh, you are my guinea pig. I texted you yesterday and I said, I, I, you mean more to me than this, but I need you to be my guinea pig <laughs> <laughs> to, to see if this will work.
1: Well, I have been going through Chad Prather withdrawals, so I yeah. appreciate you having me on.
0: You and I have talked on the phone. Of course, we text every day, but this is the first time other than social media that I've seen you I, and yeah. you you look amazing as always. I miss you. I miss you. I, uh, I, I want to talk about you today because you got a lot of stuff going on and sp- specifically a lot of stuff coming up, yeah. but let's let's go back into the past for just one second. Now, you were on the episode where I said goodbye, where I said au revoir to the uh, yeah. folks there at the Blaze and-, and there were people who were upset. I think you got them upset because you shed some tears. I, I was on the verge of it. It was an emotional uh, show. And a lot of people thought that like you and I were like divorcing. We were never going to see each other
1: again. I kind of felt like that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Suddenly I was moving to another planet. I felt like I was Matthew McConaughey. It was going on interstellar. Took-
1: I took half your bank account. I mean, just like a normal divorce.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, my, my, my income is down to just a quarter of what it once was at this stage (laughs) in the game. Uh, I got to quit with women, but, uh, I, a lot of people thought that you and I were just never going to have anything to do with each other anymore. That's impossible. Um, we may not still, yeah, we may not still be with the same company, but you're still work wife. You always will be. And, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff, though. I, I appreciate the dynamic because people were giving us feedback and they were making comments and they were saying, we missed the dynamic between you and Sarah. And I'm like, it's been three weeks. <laughs> <It's> been... <laughs> hey, guys, you know, for 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say the only one, trust me, they are the only one. And uh, Patriot Mobile has been a great supporter of this show, and I'm proud to continue partnering with them. You know, Patriot Mobile offers uh, dependable nationwide coverage, and they give you access to all three major networks, which means you're going to get the same dependable coverage that you're accustomed to without funding leftist causes. See, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message. You're saying that you support free speech, religious liberty, uh, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our first responder, and our military heroes. And they have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, which is going to make switching so easy. You can keep your number, keep your phone. Call them up. They'll help you upgrade with a brand new phone. Whatever you need, their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. You go to patriotmobile.com chad. Uh, you call them on the phone if you want to, 972-PATRIOT. Talk to them. And you get free activation when you use promo code C-H-A-D. I spell it, Chad. That's right. Join me. Make the switch today. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Chad. That's patriotmobile.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Call them up. 972-PATRIOT. It's been three weeks. So, Sarah, <laughs> yeah. you, you have, of course, been the host of the News and Why It Matters. At the blaze for six years. We were talking about that. It seems like a long time. Uh, It's quite an accomplishment. Here's what a lot of people I don't know that they know this about you. And I want you to talk about it. How did you come to be at the blaze? How did Mm. you start there?
1: Well, I actually, it was, I think, 2015 when I started writing for the page redstate.com. And at Mm -hmm. the time, you know, it was just kind of a blogging site and people could start up their own accounts and, you know, write whatever they wanted. And they had editors who would decide what went on the front page and what didn't. And so... Um, I just started writing there. I was encouraged to start writing there by the managing editor at the time, and so went there, did that. They liked what I had to say. They started upgrading my pieces to the front page. Then they made mm-hmm. me front page editor, and so I got you know my kind of my uh, my sea legs um, on the writing side, and then you know the managing editor. Uh, moved over to The Blaze, so I realized that The Blaze was even an opportunity that I could have, and I kind of moved uh, shortly after he did because I realized there was much better opportunity for me at a an organization that was actually based in Dallas where I was. So mm. I started writing actually for TheBlaze.com first, um, but I did tell them, I would love to do on camera work. Uh, I feel like I'm a better verbal communicator on camera than on the screen. And so, if there's an, ever an opportunity that presents itself, I would love to do it. So, I started doing hits with Dana Lash when Dana was over there, you know, good friend of mine. And um, the rest is kind of history, you know? Um, they had the show that came about and they asked me to help moderate it. Now, at the time, I know you know this, Chad, at the time I was supposed yeah. to just be like, Moderator only speak when spoken to or only to redirect the conversation and move to someone else. And, um, I, I think I was just like the pretty face at the table that I wasn't really supposed to share her opinion. And, uh, well, you see how that turned
0: out. <laughs> so, who were the, uh, remind everybody who the ugly faces at the table were.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was every day. It was Glenn Beck, Stubergear, um, Pat Gray, and at the time, Doc Thompson, who of yeah. course RIP Doc Thompson, um, yeah. so then it's, it started kind of morphing into only three pe- three of them at the table because four of them plus me was a lot at that tiny table, if you remember it. And so it was them every single day and it was kind of the leftovers that they had that they didn't get to in their own radio shows that they wanted to blab about for a little bit longer. Um, we started out as 30 minutes, then we extended to the full hour and then, uh, we were only four days a week and then we extended to five days a week and you know, then they just stopped showing up. And then it, it became just me. <laughs> so.
0: Let's 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 go. Yeah, it was just you. Let let's yeah. um, let's go back to Doc Thompson for a second. Um, I, I want to continue talking about you for a second, but you you mentioned a, a name from the past there. Mm-hmm. And of course, Doc, rest in peace. God bless him. He yeah. was our friend, passed away suddenly. And um, it, it, Doc was uh, a provocative guy. Um, and you know, I was I remember where I was. I was in Nashville. Uh, working on a show whenever we got the news that Doc had passed away. Uh, and I often, I was, my, my dressing room, which by the way, has my name been taken off the dressing room door at this point? No, it's, been back it's, over to the it's
1: still there. It's still there.
0: Yeah. They, I don't they, even think they, your they, stuff
1: has been cleared out yet either. Well,
0: they, my, the stuff I wanted has been cleared out. Um, yeah. The rest of it, uh, the president of the network, he sent me a text message and he said, there's still some stuff in this room. I said, set it on fire. It's got bad juju on it, set it on fire. I don't want any of that crap. But that dressing room was the same one that Doc Thompson lived in, literally lived in, because he was a resident of Arkansas. He would drive over, do his show Monday through Friday, stay there in the dressing room, and then he would go back home. And then after uh, he passed, or after he left the network, I should say, because he was doing an independent thing when he passed away, Mm -hmm. uh, our friend Andrew Heaton, the resident liberal of the day yeah. that the blaze tried to bring on that didn't work uh, apparently blaze audience doesn't like liberals um and andrew heaton was a pretty safe one um yeah you know he was a, he was a safe liberal uh and a, a good friend of ours so he occupied that dressing room and then they fired him <laughs> And they gave the dressing room to me because before that I was homeless. So they gave that dressing room to me. And I said, see, this is the handwriting on the wall that there's only a matter <laughs> of time before I, too, will be gone. Um, and oh, gosh, I don't want to diminish. You know, talking about Doc, that, that's a heartbreaking thing. Doc, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, uh, and many do, Doc was hit by a train, um, yeah. which is tra- a tr- tragic thing. I still think, I, I still think they had him killed. It was a hit. It was a hit, I, Sarah.
1: I, I can't, I still to this day can't wrap my mind around it. I mean, I go back and I replay the details that we have and I, I just, it's so hard for yeah. me to wrap my, my brain around. And to, you mentioned that you remember where you were when you found out the news. I remember where I was as well because we were actually in the middle of State of the Union coverage. And mm. I remember um, someone came in, I won't share who because I don't know if that person wants me to share that, but someone came in in the middle, I, I was on break this was when eric bowling was with the network and so eric was going you know on with his coverage and i was remote and someone came in and and was just like uh, looked like they had seen a ghost and i'm like Mm -hmm. what's going on and they told me doc's dead and i was like what and then i had to go on and finish my state of the union coverage so yeah it was um that was wild
0: yeah, I woke up that morning in a Nashville hotel room uh, and I was reading through Twitter and I was like, why are people tweeting like Doc Thompson is dead? Like this, That I don't understand what's going on. And sure enough, so it's tragic, yeah. tragic, 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 tragic. Um, so anyway, no, none of us want to go out like that. And God bless Doc. I mean, I yeah. miss the guy. But uh, you were doing the News and Why It Matters. So you had Glenn, you had Stu, you had Pat, and occasionally you had Doc as well. And and then uh, I know that that was something that sort of pissed you off. I, I'll I'll tell it. I don't mind. I don't mind, Sarah.
1: <laughs> I can't tell you anything. a couple, of years, anything. Later,
0: a couple <laughs> of years later, they were still referring to you as a moderator on that show, and it was like, no, you're not the moderator. Damn it, you're the host, right? And yeah. so, so you went through. You've had you've had your speed bumps there. Um, I've told the executives there at the Blaze, I wouldn't want to employ Sarah Gonzalez. Y'all should get rid of her. She's mean. She's mean. (laughs) Well, it looks like a storm is coming in. And, you know, the funny thing about storms is they don't care if you're ready for them or not. I want you to be ready when the storm hits. Sometimes when it hits, it's too late. You can't prepare then. You know, there's warning signs, the thunder, the clouds, the lightning in the sky. They let you know that it's time to expect a storm. You also know... That the time to prepare for the storm is always right now now i want to help you prepare for the coming storm i want you to go to my special website preparewithchad.com when you're there you're going to automatically save 200 dollars on an essential three-month emergency food kit from my patriot supply over the years my patriot supply has helped millions of american families prepare for emergencies your family should be next now sealed inside the ultra durable packaging is their delicious meals that are going to last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories a day. You're able to eat right whenever things go wrong. And uh, these three month emergency food kits from my Patriot Supply are going to help you do that. You need one for every member of your family. $200 in savings, you can get enough for each member. They all deserve protection, right? Go to preparewithchad.com, order by 3 p.m. any given day, and you will get free shipping on the same day. The website, preparewithchad.com. Prepare for the storm. And now you have something else coming in the next – I don't know when this show is going to air specifically, but in the next – from this point of of taping, Mm -hmm. in the next two weeks, you got something coming. What is it? Tell me about it.
1: I do. So it is premiering uh, January 29th, actually. Um, We are going to turn the show into something totally different. Uh, If people are already subscribed on YouTube – it's nothing's going to change. If they're already subscribed on mm-hmm. audio podcasts, they're going to already be subscribed still. So they don't have to resubscribe to anything. But it is going to be uh, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered is going to be my new show. We're going to be doing things a little bit different. You know, it's still the same Sarah Gonzalez content that people are tuning in for, but just with a little bit more spin that is a uh, Sarah Gonzalez-esque and it's going to look different. It's going to sound different. Um, the studio, the set is like, Ready to go. Um, we've just got a few minor tweaks that we're we're working on. The intro music is way better. Yeah, <laughs> your current stuff intro sucks. music. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it was. Whew. And um, it is going to be at a new time, which is a little awkward for us, right? I hear on the internet that we're 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 fighting now because um, <laughs> I am I am moving into your old time slot um, at 7 p.m. Eastern.
0: Yeah, I saw online where, where someone that follows both of our shows, because we have groups of people that are diehard dedicated fans to the show. But somebody had said the Blaze has now pitted Sarah against Chad in the same time slot. And I, I wrote out a long response and then I deleted it because I know that people like to watch our show live because they like to engage in the live chat. On YouTube, um, which is the intriguing conversation of forty people saying hi to one another back and forth <laughs> for forty-five minutes, but they like that, and I appreciate the fact that they do it. Shout out to the Fact Pack for being there for so many years, uh, but they they love both of us. Um, and I said, but my my comment, I said, that's just what a network does when they have an open time slot. They need to put right. something there, and Sarah Gonzalez, this show fits the bill. It's not a 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon news show anymore. Mm-hmm. This is something that uh, is going to be a different iteration. Now, now, what does the news show look like? Are you still going to do headlines? Is it off the rails? Where are you going with the thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're still going to, generally speaking, cover news of the day. Um, but I mm-hmm. will be less tied to headline. There is a news headline that you have to cover because it is a top story of the day and more inclined to if there's a top story that we really want to get into a little bit more. Maybe we take two segments to get into one story rather than, you know, having to go through all the headlines and make sure we get through all of them. Uh, Maybe we bring in a Skype guest, you know, who Mm -hmm. is a little bit more uh, insightful on the topic at hand. Um, We're still going to have a panel. We're, you know, we're still going to have our staples that we have, but I think the great thing about having Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered is that it, all it does is open more doors for us. It opens more avenues for us to do more things, you know, be more flexible, um, with the news of the day. So if I want to bring in someone and I want to dedicate two segments to talk about, you know, um, what did you call them? The, um, what did you call those, the poke, the poke? I don't want to get you kicked off of anything, but the but the pokes that they give you. Um, yeah. Maybe I bring yeah. in someone who I, we delve in a little deeper on that subject. So I just have more flexibility. We're going to also going to add in some really fun stuff, like we want to add in uh, a Google phone number that people can call and leave messages, and I can respond yeah. to them um, on air. So kind of expanding our dear Sarah, we're going to add a shoe cam. Uh, I believe I'm going to add <laughs> a, a camera um, in the control room for my husband. Um, Good. Oh, yeah, I love to, that. just. Yeah. Every once in a while, if we are like talking and he's in my ear, sometimes I think this would be really fun for the the conversation to be heard by the audience as well. Yeah. So um, just more fun things that we can do to just make the show uh, a little bit more unique and fun for the viewer.
0: I like the tearing down the fourth wall. I've always liked that, kind of let people see behind the scenes. I I am curious about the shoe cam thing because I've seen the intro to the show and I was like, I don't know if this is a news show, talk show, or an intro to an OnlyFans (laughs) channel because it's smoking freaking hot. Uh, It it showcases you. you. There's a whole lot of feet pictures going. There's a whole lot of shoes in the intro to this show. So you're going to have an actual shoe cam. What's that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I did get some pushback from uh, some of the executives that were like, <laughs> "Wow, we're not really sure." And I was like, "Guys, I'm telling you, it's not a it's not a raunchy thing because if it was, we all know I would charge for that." Okay, I'm doing this for free, so it can't be too raunchy. Um, and so, you know, I think women. I have um, I had a hard time at first when I first started doing this. Uh, women did not like me. I for whatever reason. I don't know why. They just didn't like me. And I think the more that they've learned about me, the more that they have learned that I'm just a mom just like them trying to save our state and save the country, I think that they have come around. And I think part of that is that they really just, they love my fashion sense. And they, you know, they always (laughs) want to know what shoes I'm wearing. They want to know what, you know, what dress I'm wearing and where I got it. And so um, I can't do that on my current set because my feet are under that table and the table is so shaded. And so I said, all right, with the new set, let's just do a shoe cam. And whenever I'm wearing fun shoes, we can just show them rather than, you know, talking about them and them catching a glimpse and going, Oh, what is that shoe? I can't really see it. So it's just it's just meant to have fun and we'll save the we'll save the raunchy stuff for OnlyFans. Girls gotta make a buck.
0: You are a diva. Uh but another term. Oh. Yeah, you're a diva. <laughs> what? I other people have called you a bitch. Like I like mm. that's been another thing that's been tossed around. You you talk about women not liking you. You've earned a a solid moniker.
1: Yeah.
0: As as being a spicy bitch. Um yeah. I think you wear that with pride. Uh What do you think
1: about that? Absolutely. As soon as I was called that, I was like, I am totally making money off of that. Hello, capitalism. I thought that was awesome. Um, I I mean, especially when it comes from someone on the left. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm over the target if that's the name that you want to call me. Obviously, I've never shied away from controversy or from speaking my mind uh, or from telling the truth and telling the truth to people directly to their faces. And if that makes me a spicy bitch, I wear that with a badge of honor.
0: Do you kind of get off on that though, the, the telling the truth and just kind of just stirring the pot a little bit? Does that excite 100%. you or do you?
1: 100%. I It's I- funny that you ask that because I was just I just went to uh, a local event here in Texas over the weekend um, a while back and I confronted someone and my husband asked me the same question. He's like, you really get off on this, don't you? And I was like, absolutely. Are you going to be ready to go after I get home? Because like, I'm going to be ready.
0: <laughs> she's referring to sex. That's a euphemism for sex. That's what <laughs> she's referring to. And uh, I, the, the, the event in question was a, an event with one of the state reps here in the state of Texas. Uh, what's her name? Kronda?
1: Kronda Timich, a- yeah.
0: Yeah, and she had Governor Greg Abbott there at the event. And you confronted her in a very respectful, very polite way in which you ask her. And maybe we can insert the clip here uh, with your permission. Maybe we can insert that clip.
1: Sure. I'm about to go inside an event for Texas House Rep. Kronda Timich. This is my district, uh, my representative. I actually voted for her because I thought that she meant it when she said she was going to be a conservative. But some issues with her, um, namely that she voted to allow taxpayer grant money to go towards uh, the mutilation of children in children's hospitals, also known as transitioning, uh, as well as voting to impeach our attorney general that we elected to represent us. And you know, she keeps dodging my questions and she keeps, you know, canceling our coffee meetings that we have. And I thought, what better place to ask these questions in person? So let's go. Hi, Columbus, Sarah Gonzalez. Hi, we texted about yes. compacting the impeachment and we scheduled a coffee, and you never texted me back. We've been in session yet, so. Okay, well, I have a quick question for you. No, we can talk later. I'd be happy to well, follow Well, you didn't up text it. me back. Okay. Why did you I did why did text you, you back? back. I did text you back, No, ma'am. you didn't. Yes, ma'am. I okay, did. I can see you as Governor Abbott said. I'm happy okay. to do that. Why Thank did you me. allow taxpayer grant money to go to children's hospitals that's, that allow transitions? That's not true, ma'am. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll bring the receipt. are you going to text me back? I did text you back. Okay, I'll go ahead and on the video I'll show that you did not. Thank you. I'm, invited, I'm not invited. I thought this was for constituents. I thought this was for constituents, sir. Why are you having so much dinner? I'm a constituent. Can I have an opinion? I can't have an opinion. Really? Wow. I am the Please don't touch me. What do you think about the? Uh, campaign uh preventing free speech no comment you guys don't care i'm a constituent and i don't have a right to talk that's okay you guys will see it on the internet later
0: but you you went in and in the meet and greet line you asked her a few things about her voting record what did you specifically ask her about
1: Uh, I asked her about two things. One was her decision to uh, vote to impeach Attorney General Ken Paxton because she was Mm -hmm. one of the many in the Texas House who voted to impeach him with no evidence. Uh, And the other one was her vote to allow taxpayer grant money to go to children's hospitals that still... Um, were socially transitioning children. So, um, and that one was uh, there's, uh, there's a little nuance there. So she she feels like she can uh, try to twist and turn and say that's not true because what happened was um, Representative Tony Tinderholt offered an, um, an amendment to prevent children's hospitals who allow transitioning of children from receiving this grant money. And it was ki- it was killed on a point of order. And they went ahead and a lot of them voted uh, for it anyway, knowing that this would allow these children's hospitals to receive this taxpayer money. So um, the, the funny thing is I always come with receipts. I have all of the House bill numbers. I have the recorded votes. I have all of these things. And so I wanted to ask her about it. And then as soon as I was done asking her about it, I knew I, was, I had limited time. I was on my way out, so to speak, of the event. And so I did have um, a little piece of paper that I had written out, again, with, with my receipts of this is, what this, this is what her voting record is. And I, I passed it out to people along the way, and they, they really didn't like that.
0: And, and then they ultimately had you escorted by law enforcement out of the building. A building mm-hmm. which yeah. you were leaving anyway, which is – you've become no stranger to police escorts uh, <laughs> out of buildings of political events, but you did have the receipts. But the interesting thing that uh, the state rep did was she denied having anything to do with what you were asking her about. She denied that, and you had the voting record, right?
1: Yeah, I had the voting record, and the other thing that she denied that was just so um, insane to me was that she – So here's what happened, let me back up. Um, After the Paxton impeachment vote, I reached out to her office and I explained to her how disappointed I was and how in the world could she think about voting to impeach our attorney general and overturning the will of the Texas voters uh, based on no evidence. And so she sent back this form letter, you know, press statement uh, that was she sent out to everyone, I'm sure, presumably. And at a certain point, I guess she figured out who I was because she called Mm. me and left me a voicemail and said she wanted to meet for coffee. And so we exchanged text messages back and forth and we set a time and a day to meet for coffee because she really (laughs) wanted to hear from me or so I thought. (laughs) Uh, So that day was going to come around, and I'll give her this. The day that we were scheduled to meet coffee was the day that she was to return to Austin for the special – the first special session because the Texas House didn't get their job done in the amount of time that they were supposed to get it done, and they had to go back and get paid more by by taxpayer funds to do the job that they didn't do the first time around. So she had to cancel because she was due back in Austin. I said, okay, that's Mm -hmm. fine. We'll reschedule. And I reached back out to her at the end of the Paxton impeachment trial, and I said – hey, Kronda, let's reschedule. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what that specific evidence was that you saw fit to impeach our attorney general because I watched the whole thing and I didn't see it. And wouldn't you know, Chad, no answer. She completely ghosted me. I emailed her and I texted her and she just completely ghosted me. And that was when I said, okay, okay. You want to get ready? Let's go. Because you're not just going to ignore me. I'm a constituent that you found it important enough to respond to the first time. And now all of a sudden you don't want to hold yourself accountable. That's not mm-hmm. going to happen on my watch. So now it's war.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, it's amazing to me that these people will deny straight to your face and on camera with a smile. The, the political yeah. smile never leaves their face when they're doing that. But then the, again, the police escort out, which is, and again, you bring all the receipts. If you watch the social media clip that Sarah posted, I mean, it shows the voting record right there in place regarding uh, things like the, what you referred to with the children mm-hmm. and stuff. I, it's, eh, uh, these people are icky. They're icky, mm-hmm. Sarah. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. disgusting human beings. And I am, it's part of the reason why I'm just so over, people keep asking me, do you want to run for office again? No. No, because I can do more good right here, opening people's eyes to what's really happening in the world around us. You you and I have had this conversation. People are like, don't you want to run for, uh, you know, try to replace Pat Fallon or something like that? And I'm like, why would I do that? Right. I mean, why, why would I do that? When I can sit here, I can call out Kronda, I can call out Pat Fallon, I can call out a lot of these, uh, you know, these people, these swamp creatures, you know, people like last name of Leech, which is amazingly um, fitting for a guy like that. I won't go too far into that because i won't get you into trouble you don't you didn't ask for but these people are gross they're disgusting whether it's the state of texas or it's the beltway of washington dc these people are disgusting and they're not going to get voted out because again this thing is all one big cookie cutter well-funded cookie cutter establishment machine where they keep throwing these same pinheads in there that smile nod wave have the governor in there you know he rolls his ass in there and waves at everybody and and (laughs) it, it, it looked like a it looked like a you know, I saw the pictures of the event you were in. It looked like a um, a timeshare presentation at a retirement community. <laughs> it's insane that we think that conservatism is going to live another generation, especially in the state of Texas with our open borders and the nonsense we have going on in Austin. But I digress.
1: Can Um, can I add one thing to that, Chad?
0: Please, yeah. Because
1: I think that it's so important for your viewers to to remember and recognize. Whether it's the state of Texas, it doesn't matter. In every single state, it's all the same. You have Mm -hmm. these establishment hacks who try to make an entire career out of staying in office and doing the bidding, not of the voter, but of the establishment, you know, the lobbyists. All of these people. So, I mean, if you don't think that this is happening in your state, you would be dead wrong. And I would just remind everyone, you know, we have primaries coming up. Please, please, please inform yourself, educate yourself, and don't just go to the polls not knowing who it is that you're voting for. Because if you were to listen to our own governor, Governor Abbott, give that timeshare presentation speech that you mentioned... (laughs) you would hear him say all of these things that I know because I'm involved. I know that they are so they're twisted and manipulated to make it sound like the Texas House has accomplished so many things. We gave the greatest property tax relief of all time we we secured the border we and it's just like a this is a complete manipulation of the facts, and B, it took you four tries to do it. Why are you patting Mm -hmm. yourself on the back for going into four special sessions to get the job done that you were supposed to get done the first time? And they were taking a victory lap on that. So it's just so important for everyone to just remember, you guys wanna pay attention to the federal election, and that's great, and you should, but what is way more important and it affects you way more is knowing who your local elected leaders are and getting them the hell out if they are not doing what you ask them to do.
0: Do you think it's because you think they do this? And I, I call out the Republicans, whether it's in D.C. with our new speaker of the House who's accomplished jack shit or, or whether it's what's going on in Austin. And these guys, I think they can fundraise off of this stuff like they they solve. They, tr- they, they use the rhetoric to sound like they're yes. solving the problem, but the problem never gets solved so they can turn around and fundraise off of it again. What do you think?
1: I completely agree with you. And I mean, you know, just to go back to our own example, because we live in Texas, I'm sure everyone can think of a, 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 an example in the state where they're at. But, you know, Governor Abbott talking about going out there and talking about we put the Texas National Guard on the border and we're blocking the Border Patrol. <laughs> Why did it take you three years to do it, Greg? Why didn't you do that on day one? Oh, all of a sudden campaign season is rolling around and you're out there Mm -hmm. gallivanting with all of your cronies and all of the people who will do your bidding. And now you want to make the public stunt, uh, the publicity stunt of putting Texas National Guard right there on the border. It's all for optics. It's all a game. It's all so they can fundraise off of it. And I I really don't think that um, any of these people are serious about solving any of our problems.
0: Yeah. And I've said it over and over again. And the quickest way to stir people up on X or social media is to try to call out Greg Abbott and hold him accountable. And they say, well, at least he's doing something. And I'm like, he's saying something. He's never done anything. And people say, well, he just sent, he just sent uh, Texas national guard to replace border patrol down there in that park. And okay. Well, uh, the border patrol was happy to have some relief. I mean, that, from what I understand, they were happy to leave and turn it over to the national guard Uh, But they went to that one part where people were coming across. And these are the same headlines, the same things that you saw, whether it's 2015, uh, 2022. Every time there's an election season that comes around, this is the type of rhetoric and headlines that you see and nothing's happening. So, you know, let's talk about the primary for a second. And and again, I don't know when this is going to air. My assumption, it it may be it may be quick. It may be a little bit longer out. So we're going to timestamp it. And I'll just say that because. This will let you guys know if these things have already happened, how good Sarah and I are at telling the future. Let's talk about (laughs) what happened in Iowa. Let's talk about what happened in Iowa. Trump absolutely trounced the Republican competition. Ninety nine counties in the state of Iowa. Every single one of them went for Donald Trump. Uh, What does that say to you off the top of your head?
1: It says to me that the uh, average flyover country voter is sick to death of the Joe Biden regime uh, Mm -hmm. trying to throw his political opponent into prison. And, you know, I mean, for as hard as you saw Rod DeSantis out there, he went to all 99 counties. I mean, he was out there on the ground. He had a strong ground game. Um, Vivek also had a strong ground game and is no longer in the race because he did so poorly. So what that tells me Mm -hmm. is it really doesn't matter um, what – You know your record may be as conservative uh, or as a governor um in florida it doesn't matter what your history may be it doesn't matter if you go around explaining to people that they are politically persecuting donald trump but that you are the person to go in and pardon him which is what vivek's ultimate talking point was it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. people are sick to death of the political persecution they want donald trump back in office and um honestly i think they want some retribution which I, um, I share the sentiment. I'll just tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, MSNBC, of course, Rachel Maddow, that crooked crooked mouth uh, person, whatever she is, Lurch. Uh, she, of course, says that this is what the American people are doing or Republicans are doing. They're, they're not voting for a candidate. They're voting for retribution. Um, they're voting for vengeance. I would think that people do want a, a yeah. day of reckoning in regards to that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is that I think she's attributing it to something like, oh, um, we, want, uh, we want someone hurt or we want someone killed or whatever that mm-hmm. is. But obviously that's not the case. What we're talking about is retribution for all of the wrongdoing that they did to Donald Trump. They have weaponized the judicial system, not just against him, but against uh, you know, pro-life protesters in the streets who are getting the DOJ and the FBI who are banging down his door at gunpoint to bring him in. You see January 6th protesters being thrown into prison for decades upon decades of their lives. Mm -hmm. And the more footage that we uncover, um, especially over at Blaze Media, you know, we've got all of these investigations going on and we're uncovering more and more about the perjury that has been done by Capitol Police showing that they made up on the stand in these people's trials, that these people did things that they didn't do. And these people are away in prison, away from their family and friends for years of their lives. I mean, we're talking about really serious stuff here that Donald Trump could set right. And I think that the average conservative voter sees that. The average conservative voter sees how the the judicial system has been weaponized against us. And the only way forward is to get the guy who knows firsthand how bad it can be to get that guy to fix it. And by retribution, what I mean is burn the whole system down, burn the FBI Mm. down, burn the DOJ down, burn them down. And I think that's what the average voter means when they say retribution. You guys should pay for what you have done, not only to Donald Trump, but for all of us.
0: That's a sound bite that'll come back to bite us in the ass right there. Burn the FBI down.
1: I mean, (laughs) okay. well, guess what? That wouldn't be any different than Antifa. Well, yeah, that that wouldn't be any different than what Antifa did to, uh, you know, a city near you. At least I don't actually mean with a match.
0: Yeah, I want to know, you know, MSNBC came out immediately when the polls started giving their returns on the Iowa caucus. And it was predominantly or dominantly, I should say, for Donald Trump. And Rachel Maddow, with her panel of morons, sat up there, the Joy Reads, the Jensakis, these idiots. And they're up there, you know, bobbleheads talking and grinning. And she's talking about MAGA extremists and dictatorships and authoritarian regimes and, and these extreme behaviors on the part of, of so called conservatives, you know, ex- right wing extremists, I think was her term. How extreme do you have to be if, if you don't look at extremism as being cutting the parts off of children without parents' consent, or giving puberty blockers or hormones to children because they're confused about their gender identity, or aborting babies and standing out in front of a camera with a microphone in your face saying, I'm going to shout my abortion, or taking a Plan B pill on national television, or bringing drag queens to story hour in the schools? How extreme do you have to be? Whenever, uh, you know, you're trying to keep your opponent off of a ballot so that you don't even have to face them in the in the general election. I would say that's extremism, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we see the Democrats have become for a long time now just the party of projection. So what mm-hmm. they do is they project what they are doing onto us. So now we are the extremists for what? I'm not quite sure. I, I don't think it's very extreme to ask for low taxes and uh, the the uh, least amount of government interference possible. And, you know, maybe those babies that exist uh, in the womb we should probably let those babies be born and not kill them. If that makes me an extremist, so be it. But we see that they are now the party of projection, and what they are doing, they are accusing us of doing. Case in point, not just the, the, the word extremism, but also the fact that they, for so long, claimed that Donald Trump was interfering in the 2020 election because he had a phone call with Ukraine. And now we see they are actually, uh, and they did the last time, and now are again... Literally interfering in the 2024 election while screaming about how much they care about democracy. I mean, it's just a total joke with these people. They don't believe the words that they're uttering. They're projecting what they're doing onto us. They're actually projecting their game plan onto what. So basically, whatever they accuse us of doing, if they are not currently doing, they plan to do in the future. So you better watch out.
0: Yeah. And I was looking I was looking for a tweet. And I didn't find it right off the top there. Uh, something Adam Schiff had said in regards to. Uh, you know, they just, they're, they're basically declaring an all-out war on the American people. I mean, if you are conservative, if you're a Republican, if you vote for Donald Trump, you are being considered by those in power in the, on the left. You're an enemy of the state. And I don't think that, that, as you alluded to with January 6th and the way that they're holding people and arresting people, no-knock raids and warrants, I, I, this, this is, seems to be that this is going to be the practice of the future. Just give it a matter of time. Does that worry you about the future of the country, that we have people who are so-called elected officials who have a D by their name whenever they flash them up on C-SPAN or MSNBC or CNN or wherever they may be, that these people are actually coming for you and your family?
1: It does worry me. What else worries me is that the people with the R by their name don't seem to take this as seriously as it should be. I mean, you should have every single member of Congress looking at all of this footage that's been uncovered from January 6th and screaming until they're blue in the face for investigations and then engaging in these investigations. And it just seems like everyone, nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to say the words January 6th. Nobody wants to say perhaps it wasn't such an insurrection after all. Nobody wants to say anything thing like that because everyone is so scared of being called, uh, you know, a bigot, or you know, uh, insurrectionist, or extremist, or all of the phobes. I mean, everyone, including Congress, I would say, especially Congress, has been so scared to be called all of these names that they're not willing to call it out for what it is. And I do fear that because our elected officials on our side aren't going as hard at the D's who are doing these things and using these tactics, that they're, they are going to overcome us eventually if we don't have the right people in power to call them out and to stop them in their tracks and we don't have that right now i mean who who's gonna stop them mike mike yeah. johnson
0: no <laughs> no i mean what a disappointment that is right they put mike johnson in a speaker of the house we think here's a guy with a with a, some some foundation of faith and i'm not saying he doesn't but he comes out talking but again only thing i've seen mike johnson do is be a good fundraiser uh who who is a champion in washington dc who, who is yeah. a champion in washington dc off the top of your head
1: I mean, the ones that I can think of are Chip Roy, obviously, um, and you know, I might say I think Marjorie Taylor Greene means well. I think she gets a little bit um, too, too carried away in some of the theatrics of it all, um, but I, I think Chip Roy, look. The fact that I can only name two people off the top of my head should signify to the country that we are in big trouble because the problem is that um, our side of the lane is so willing to play by the rules that the other side is not willing to play by. And you can't play a game and expect to win when the other side has decided they are not going to play by the rules and you're still like, well, we don't want – we don't want to get a penalty here. We better just keep going right how we are. I mean, that is not a winning strategy. And I worry mm-hmm. that we are not going to wake up to that until it's too late.
0: And, and you take Chip Roy, who I consider as well as you consider a, a personal friend, as well yeah. as a congressman here in Texas. And there's been the public political headbuttings between him and Donald Trump. Hopefully they can make up. And if Donald Trump gets the nomination, if Don, Donald Trump becomes president, I, again, I mean, Donald Trump called uh, Ted Cruz's wife all kind of names and said she was ugly. And the next thing you know, they're buddies again. So yeah. I, I don't understand how these people operate. I really don't. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I, you know, again, I think you're accurate with, I mean, she's a shit stir. We, yeah. We're rookies when it comes to things when it compared <laughs> to her. I mean, she's a solid person when it comes to that. Um, let's do it. Let's do a quick little, let's do a little report card. Here on this Iowa thing following up. Now, um, you and I kind of quit talking about the candidates because you had done a number of events with Ron DeSantis, who I highly respect. I love Ron DeSantis. I think he's been great for Florida. I think there's a future for Ron DeSantis. We'll see. Um, I I don't recognize Ron DeSantis, the governor, versus Ron DeSantis, the candidate. They're like two different individuals in regards to that. What's your take on everything with Ron DeSantis?
1: I completely agree. I mean, you're right. I, and I got hit for attending uh, the governor's inauguration. And mm. this was, of course, remember, before he even said that he intended to run. So yeah. I, I got people like, how dare you go to Ron DeSantis's inauguration? I'm like, he's the governor of Florida. I, like, I thought it was uh, – I was very honored that they asked me to go. I appreciate yeah. the work that he's doing there, especially when it comes to our, saving our children. And of, of course I would go. And I – I think anyone, if they were invited to an inauguration of a governor that they respected, they would go. So it was fascinating to see how that played out. I mean, you got to respect the guy and what he has done in the state of Florida, and I fully support him there. And he's saying all of the right things, and he has the right track record to tout. But, I mean, when it comes to his campaign, it just fell flat. I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. It was, like, like you point out, it was like you were dealing with an entirely different animal when it came to Ron DeSantis campaigning for president. And, you know, for the longest time... I tried to say I I, I did not endorse anybody, mainly because this was such an unprecedented moment. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. They they might throw Trump in jail. And like, we may need a second guy. So I'm not going to crap all over Ron DeSantis. I like the guy. I think he's an effective leader. And I think he delivers. But I just like, I felt uncomfortable making that call at that particular time. And I'm glad that I didn't because he just – It just felt like he was completely in over his head, which is strange because you would think that it wouldn't be any different than what he's already done in Florida.
0: Yeah, he looked very insecure in a lot of Mm -hmm. things and the boot lifts didn't help. I don't know what that was about, but by and large, I don't think men should wear boots with suit pants anyway, but that was a bad look uh, if we're going to get petty (laughs) about it. It It was a bad look. Uh, did not look very strong, but I, I've also often said, and you and I have kidded about the fact that I think Ron acts a little like in loafers anyway. <laughs> he's a little prissy. But, and people, I said that years ago, and people are like, shut up, dude. How would you say something like that? And suddenly America agrees. But that's, that's the way it goes in my life. Uh, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, no clear path forward for him. He went ahead and said, he's out. He's done. Yeah. I like Vivek. A lot of people say he is a globalist plant. He's a plant of the left. He's, a, he's World Economic Forum. He's all these various things, labels that put on there. Any good word you say about any other candidate besides Trump, you're going to get trampled online. Uh, I like Vivek. I think there's a future for Vivek Ramaswamy. What are your thoughts?
1: I agree with you. Um, I, I think he, what I struggle with is that he comes off to me at times as inauthentic. Um, his, okay. his, some of his lines seem a little over-rehearsed and it makes me wonder how much of it he actually believes. Um, and you combine that in conjunction with some of the things that he's flip-flopped on and I get nervous. But I do agree with you that he, we need to keep him in the conversation because Vivek Ramaswamy as press secretary – Hell yeah, Vivek mm. Ramaswamy. As I don't know, people keep floating his his name as a VP pick. Would I be comfortable with that? Absolutely. I think that that would be great. But we definitely need Vivek stirring up the conversations that need to be had. Like uh, we need to get rid of Rana Romney McDaniel if we want the GOP to survive at all. Um, we you know we need to be calling out mainstream media for their false narratives and fake news. We need to be you know talking about what actually happened on January sixth. All of these issues. He is not. Afraid to you know to talk about, he doesn't shy away from them, and I think that it's so important that he be involved in the conversation uh, somehow or some way. I, I, how that is remains to be seen, but we definitely need him in the party. We need that young leadership kind of stirring the pot and saying what needs to be said, or else this party is done.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, the and I'm okay with the rehearsed lines. I I, I see where they yeah. seem inauthentic. I agree with you on that, but uh, I, yeah, I, I think that we need somebody that punches through the smoke a little bit and whether they're rehearsed or not, I like that At least he's saying them. Um, I agree. I want to tell you though, about our, uh, our sponsor United Patriot coin, you know, if you follow me on social media at all, United Patriot coins been a good friend of mine for a long, long time. Uh, they are who I trust for gold and silver. A lot of, a lot of times people in their hard economic times are, trying to figure out, you know, this, you know, economic uncertainty that we're living in with all these weird things that are going on in our world. What do you do? Well, I always advise people, you need to have some gold and silver and other people out there who say we well, can't eat gold and silver. Trust me, you need some gold and silver on hand, you need some bullion, you need some coins, you need some stuff you can barter with. There's various things you can use to do that with but some gold and silver would be a good thing to have on hand. So the folks that I trust UnitedPatriotCoin.com. head over there, you can call them on the phone as well. Talk to Trey on the phone, tell them Chad sent you. And uh, he'll walk you through all kinds of investment opportunities that are out there. So check them out. The Nikki Haley thing. Oh. I, I know where you stand on that. I'll, you know, I'll tell you this <sighs> when I was at the blaze, you know, my, my dressing room is right next to the green room there that they use. And you can usually tell who, what, well, you know which guests are in the studio that day because they have their name on the door. Uh, the only candidate I had zero interest in <laughs> meeting when Glenn Beck had the candidates come through for the podcast to discuss their platform and positions. I, I, I had no desire whatsoever to meet Nikki Haley. I saw through that very, very early on. Mm Um, I, a lot of people, you know, uh, gosh, a lot of people try to still connect Haley with Trump and say they're in this thing together. What are your thoughts on Nikki? What are your thoughts on there being some kind of conspiracy of, of, of a vote You know, voting for Trump is actually supporting Nikki in some way.
1: Yeah. um, Well, I mean, number one, I shared your sentiment when she came to the studio. Um, I was alerted as to what time she was going to be there. And I was like, that's cool. It doesn't really work with my schedule. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. But I will say there was one other candidate that uh, Glenn had on that I was like, I'm okay, uh, was Tim Scott and i was just like yeah. you know i mean it would it, i'd have to get there substantially earlier than i typically would and i don't know i'd rather something else uh, which turned out which turned out being (laughs) yeah which turned out being like uh, watching paint dry or something so um, but uh, Nikki Haley is just the worst Um, Nikki Haley is the worst part of the Republican Party that tiny sliver of warmongering neocon that just won't die and I it it does worry me I will say that she got almost nearly 20 percent I think Um, In Iowa, that does concern me because that does show you that there are still that many people who actually what she's saying resonates with them. Um, What she says when she says, you know, well, we have enough money to solve our border and Ukraine and, you know. I guess every other foreign conflict ever. Um, No, we don't, Nikki. You know, she talks about how uh, the transitioning of children should be up to the parents. She, I mean, she is bringing back all of these talking points that I'm like, is this the 2004 Republican primaries or is this 2024? She just doesn't seem to understand what time it is. And um, it really is worrisome to me. Um, Certainly, I would not say a a vote for Trump is a vote for Haley. But what worries me Mm -hmm. is that the talk about uh, Haley becoming Trump's VP to try to get to try to garner all of those, you know, middle of the road Democrats who, as we found out, it turns out they voted for Nikki Haley. A lot of them voted for Nikki Haley in Iowa. Um, So that I think would be devastating to a conservative um, to see how gross and icky she is and have to hold your nose and vote for her on the ticket. I don't know, man. That that's that's terrifying to me.
0: Yeah, one of the Krassenstein twins, one of everybody's favorite reeves on on X, uh, he came out and said that if you, if if Nikki Haley were the candidate, then she would beat Joe Biden by a landslide. Uh, she's the only person moderate enough for moderates and even liberals to cross over with their vote to a Republican. Uh, she's the only one who's mainstream and middle of the road enough to, I guess, warrant and garner the public's attention to the point of being able to beat, you know, the, the human, uh, deflated football, which is Joe Biden. (laughs) Do you think Trump in a political move would pick Nikki Haley? He said the other day, he said in an interview in a town hall, he said he's already decided who his VP will be. Mm -hmm. Do you think he would do something like that? that? Is that a political chess move there? What do you think?
1: I mean, I think it depends. It all depends on whether or not he listens to his advisors or whether or not he goes with his gut. I think his gut tells him not to pick a Nikki Haley. Um, I think that he has too much history with Nikki Haley, and she has thrown too many daggers his way for him to pick her because when when he 's listening to his gut because you know how much he cares about loyalty i mean that 's his number one thing is loyalty, and this woman served uh in his administration or under him, I should say and She's said a plethora of really bad things about him, really negative things about him. You even saw Ron DeSantis really try very hard for a very long time not to speak ill of Donald Trump. I think ultimately he had to say something because why else would you run against him? But I don't know. I just feel like if Donald Trump is going with his gut, he doesn't pick Nikki Haley. But if he listens to his political advisors, who knows? They may be telling him, hey, you'll have a chance to win the moderates. Uh, You know, your your base will vote for you no matter what. They'll forgive you for this. Just pick Nikki Haley. I I, it just depends on who Donald Trump is listening to.
0: I just can't for the life of me imagine and it would happen. I'm convinced it would happen. But if he picked Nikki Haley to be his vice president, suddenly the MAGA crowd would put her up on a pedestal and she would be the best thing ever. They would bury all the negative things about her and they would just come out. And again, that is the nature of. the masses, right? That's what happens when the hordes get together and decide that their guy was right, and he can say nothing wrong. Um, and again, I consider myself a Trump supporter. I have been from the beginning. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that wants a little bit of that retribution. I want to see some comeuppance. I want to see some writing um, of the wrongs that are there. Uh, and, and, and again, I've been on your show before, and people tried to come at me and say, "Oh, you said just forgive Trump for all these things he did." No, 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 I did not say that. I said it tongue in cheek, cheek and sarcastically that I'll say I'm sorry for him on the things that he did. And he did plenty that was wrong. But but we've got to come back with somebody who is not permanent Washington, who's not establishment, who's not going to do it. And him to put Nikki Haley in like that, man, that would be yeah. devastating. But it would be interesting to watch to see what happens. Because to me, let me tell you, Sarah, to me, it would be the equivalent of Joe Biden picking Kamala Harris. Absolutely no qualifications to be in that yeah. position whatsoever, uh, whatsoever other than she's a woman who can get some votes. A- and... Yep. Um, now people like Nikki Haley far more than they ever liked Kamala Harris. There's no doubt about that. She polls quite better, uh, in the election returns, but who in their right mind? Cause I've, I've never in my life met someone who says I'm, I'm for Nikki. I'm with her. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I- Nikki Haley. Nobody does it, but she's still right up there, which tells me she's establishment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I haven't met anyone either. I'm, I'm, I am very curious to see who these Nikki Haley voters are that are popping up. I guess they're too embarrassed to share their Nikki Haley love and passion uh, with mainstream because <laughs> I haven't run into any of them. I don't know, but it's terrifying to me that someone can run in the Republican Party in 2024 using identity politics and still get mm-hmm. nearly 20% of the vote in Iowa. I mean, you saw her time after time on the debate stage try to use her status as a woman, try to use her status as a person of color multiple different times as if that's what the conservatives are like uh, enamored with. I mean, it's just very, a very bizarre thing for me. And to see her uh, still receive that percentage of the vote was really, really scary and terrifying to me
0: yeah and in one of the one of the past debates, Chris Christie even came to her defense as a man defending a woman, which I thought was a crap move. Uh, the fact well, it's a bigger crap move that she didn't call him off and be like, "I can handle myself yeah. um again, this isn't the situation where we need a gentleman to defend a gentle lady in in polite society. I need somebody to toss a dagger out in the middle of the floor and see the best man who wins, you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so that that to me it just exudes. Establishment, it really does, and I mean, well, and trust just, me, we know, we know Sarah in a back alley. Chris Christie would eat her; he would eat her, like that would be. No we don't mean Nikki that Haley. metaphorically.
1: We don't mean that no, metaphorically. He would, like he would eat her. He would eat <laughs> he's her. hungry. He is very like, hungry. Plane
0: goes down in an Arctic place. She's the first one getting barbecued. You know? Yeah. So yeah, ass yeah. First, I, he's eating. He's starting at the thigh. I,
1: I, I would also say, um, let's be clear, and this is Sarah Gonzalez talking, not Chad Prather talking, but you're going to be hard pressed to find any woman who's qualified to be president. They just, that's, no, that's just not a, that's not a thing.
0: Which brings me
1: to. women Women are not fit for that.
0: They're not. They're not. No. Uh, you want to play the traditional role? You want to be a traditional conservative? If you're if you're pissed off by a calendar, which I'm going to ask you about in a minute, ag- in a minute, <laughs> then then quit trying to put women up there on that pedestal. Um, mm-hmm. Forget women, okay? Forget women. Damn it! Get in the kitchen, yep. make a pie. Yep. There you go. There's <laughs> your place. Have a baby. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Have some crotch fruit, okay? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so. He, he, I think Christy Noem is going to be the vice presidential nod. I think that's, that's, that, I think that's a pick right there. Christy Noem, she came out pretty quick, hard and fast, strong for Trump, in support, congratulating him after the Iowa caucus. Do you have a vice presidential nod? I mean, like somebody, if you were a betting person and you said, this is where I'm going to lay a hundred bucks on, who would it be?
1: Hmm. See, it's tough because I either have a choice of going with my gut or I have a choice of going with the rumor mill that I've heard from a little, some birdies that I know, oh. um, on Capitol Hill and the rumor that I heard is that Lee Zeldin is preparing mm. to be Trump's pick. However, it doesn't make sense to me that it would be Lee Zeldin. I would think that he would want to pick a woman. Um, yeah. but.
0: Which again, you I know think what? is a bullshit criteria. It's a bullshit criteria. I agree.
1: I agree. I Just agree. Do it based I agree. off of
0: gender. That's garbage. That's garbage. I,
1: I agree. I agree. And and at the end of the day, everyone who pretends like they care about identity politics doesn't actually care about identity politics, including the left, who just you know elected a, a walking vegetable, an old white man, and they claim that like they want diversity, and they just overwhelmingly yeah. elected an old white man several years ago. So nobody actually cares about identity politics. Um, so I th- I think I'm gonna I'll go I'm gonna go just wild card Lee Zeldin. That's what I'm gonna do.
0: All right, I got to get better birdies in Capitol Hill. I, I don't have any birdies anymore. I don't think <laughs> I pissed them all off and they don't talk to me anymore. Uh, just go back <laughs> to telling jokes, Prather. Go back to telling jokes. You don't know a damn thing. So uh, we alluded to it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wring this chamois dry. As long as I've got you, Sarah. If you got to go, you tell me. But I, I want to talk to you because one, I've missed you, and I, your insight is incredible. Thank uh, you. But I want to take it to a deeper topic here. If you got a minute, and I want to talk about Calendar Gate. Because you were a part of this this uh, crazy, crazy scandal. It's what it was. It was a scandal. Our friend Seth Weathers, who has, uh, I have a brand new case of his beer down on the front step. It just got delivered mm-hmm. to my house. His uh, conservative dad's ultra right beer. It's good beer. Uh, he brought that out whenever the Bud Light debacle happened over the can with Dylan Mulvaney on there and the little marketing campaign that Dylan tried to pull off. Yeah. Uh and it exploded. It blew up and went crazy huge, crazy viral, bigger than I think he was expecting. I still have oh, people yeah. who are sending me messages. People are sending me messages, Sarah, saying, Where's my beer? Where's my beer? And I'm like, I don't I don't have anything to do with the damn beer. <laughs> I got a case down here you can have if you need it. Uh but people are like, It's 30 days late. I'm like, it kind of blew up big. So yeah. in an ode to the old school pinup calendars, beer posters that Budweiser used to make with the girls in their swimsuits or the, the snap on tools with their, you know, girls in, you know, whatever. I mean, Tim, the tool man, Taylor had a pinup girl that was on the show. It was Pamela Anderson. And then the other girl who I thought was actually hotter than Pamela Anderson uh, for years, uh, Debbie, whatever. Somebody will tell me dimming. I think what her name was, you know, she was hot smoking. She's not hot anymore. Neither is Pamela Anderson, but I (laughs) digress. I don't understand this no makeup thing. She needs some American beauty by Sarah.com. To Pamela yeah. Anderson. She's doing the no makeup thing, which is just uh, stop it. Stop it. Don't grow old gracefully. No, no, I agree, no, I no. Agree. You're messing up my eighth grade lustful dreams. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> Bring it back, Pam. So, uh, Seth called you. He asked you to be a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. And of course there were, our friends are in it. Ashley St. Clair, um, Dana Lash, who you alluded to earlier. Um, Peyton, uh, Drew, the list goes on and on. And there, Miss August is, is September or August? August. You're August. Mm-hmm. Miss August Amen. is is our very own Sarah Gonzalez, who, you know, you were showing side boob and a lot of thigh and, and brazenly was... bare feet. And no. your hair was pulled back in a provocative ponytail. No. I, I don't know what you were suggesting, Sarah. I don't know what you were doing. Uh, but there you are and the world turned upside down on the conservative side of things. How dare you push this soft core demonic porn, Sarah? It was pornography. What were you wearing in your, what were you wearing? I remember the day you did the shoot. What were you wearing?
1: Well, Chad, uh, I was wearing, I will admit I am guilty of wearing, um, a dress and you could see my shoulders, Mm -hmm. um, because it would, they were, it was sleeveless. So it was like a tank top top. Um, I was exposing my shoulders. You are, uh, you are right and I do need to repent for that. Um, yeah. The dress also, I know uh, many school districts, the, they have, you're familiar with, fingertip length for um, okay. shorts and skirts. This was below my fingertips, okay? So um, I, di- I did show my knees though and I was told online that, um, that, that is, that's too far. It needs to be below the knee, not above the knee. I was not aware that the knee was like a sexual symbol. Um, but apparently maybe someone out there finds wrinkly knees to be very sexy. And so I was, I mean, everyone has wrinkles on their knees. That's just knees. Tell me you don't have wrinkles on your knees.
0: Listen, if you've never gotten on a porn website and searched knees, I don't know what's wrong with you. There's a whole (laughs) shoulder knee fetish community out there.
1: I guess so. I guess so. And so I was, of course you point out very provocatively, um, I was, so the tank t- the the dress was ultra right dress. Um I wasn't showing I w- I don't even would you call that cleavage? I wasn't even showing any cleavage. You couldn't even see cleavage. Sarah,
0: I don't think there was like I didn't I didn't examine it. I mean there was there, I will tell you <laughs> this on, in yes, a serious note. I didn't, I promise you. If it's not on my phone where I can blow it up and enlarge it, I'm not looking <laughs> at a, a paper calendar, okay? Here's the thing, Sarah. I said this and I mean this in all seriousness. There was not a single Picture in that calendar that would provoke me to lust. One, the women that are in there, I look at them like sisters. I've, I've visited with them over whiskey, tequila, beer, coffee. We've we've been to events together. I just don't think of those women in regards to being sexual objects. Um, people lost their mind though, and mm-hmm. and it was uh, Peyton Drew hers, which she's a swimwear swimsuit model. That's what she does. Hers was maybe a little more provocative. Um, our friend, uh, 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 almost called her Leah Thomas.
1: No, <laughs> oh, no, no. The opposite of Leah Thomas, <laughs> Riley Gaines.
0: <laughs> Riley Gaines. Riley Barker is her married name. Riley Gaines. She, which by the way, we've only ever seen Riley in a swimsuit. Right. She is a national champion collegiate swimmer, uh, right. but she's wearing a two piece. Uh, you know, she happens to have her arms over her head laying by the pool. uh, I can see where people would say that's a little provocative. Uh, The uh, redheaded libertarian, uh, remind me her name. Josie. Um, Josie. She was baking a pie with an apron on, (gasps) and there was a crucifix on the wall (gasps) behind her in her kitchen. Uh, And Bryson Gray, of course, who I do consider a friend, albeit uh, he's a zealot. I mean, he's a zealot, and uh, hats off to him for his commitment in regards to that. Call that demonic. Um, and there were so many people, Ashley St. Clair, uh, was in a bubble bath. It was an, it was, she was dressed like Audrey Hepburn. She was really dressed like Dylan Mulvaney in the little thing they did. It was a parody troll of Dylan Mulvaney when he attempted to do the little photo shoot like Audrey Hepburn. Mm -hmm. And so people call that way too provocative. How would a, why would you market this to conservative dads? Well, that was, that's the name of the brand. Right, Seth right. is the conservative dad. Right, uh, what what's your take on the whole thing? I mean, what's what's the carry away from that whole thing? I mean, were 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 you wrong in participating in such filth?
1: No, I wasn't wrong. I would do it again. (laughs) And here's why. Number one, because um, the proceeds went to a good cause. 10% of all of the proceeds of the calendar went to Riley Gaines organization that is fighting to protect women in sports. Number two, it was all in good fun. And number three, it proved to me that we are literally never going to take back the culture because we have so many losers and prudes who apparently want to enact Sharia law now, um, but just the uh, you know the other way around. And you don't call it Sharia law, I guess you just call it conservatism. And in conservatism, no one can show above the knee. No one can show their shoulders. No one can celebrate uh, beauty of females, actual females. No one can celebrate femininity. No one can celebrate all of these traditional ways that we used to view women when we knew that women were women. No one can celebrate that anymore. Everyone has has to be just hardcore uh, religious zealots who call people like me who wore a very modest dress. And by the way, my picture was me setting the New York Times on fire. Okay. That's, yeah. I don't, that, does that, does that <coughs> make you, does that make you horny? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, you um, were holding
0: and, a cigar. You were doing it with a cigar, which is very suggestively phallic. Uh, Sarah.
1: That's what you someone were holding, literally you were, told me.
0: You were holding a penis. You were holding a, a penis <laughs> that was on fire, cohiba penis. It was a Cuban penis, Sarah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I guess so. Do men who smoke cigars like are they all gay? Because <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be the case if you smoke a cigar, you're gay. If that's a phallic symbol, I didn't Depends think it was how a phallic, fast phallic you symbol. smoke
0: it. I, did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was a phallic symbol when I did it, but um, yeah. you know, I mean, it just—I it, it, was very in that moment. I mean, Bryce and Greg said, I looked like a harlot in my wow. picture. And I thought to myself, if that is a harlot to, to a typical conservative, we are doomed. We are never going to take back anything with that type of attitude.
0: Well, uh, 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 let's say a Christian from and era, the turn of the 20th century, you know, from, from 1900, Who back when they wore bird cages under their dress and had corsets tightened up so tight they couldn't breathe much less see their breasts and they were covered all the way down their entire body you could see their hands and their faces with the you know you had a the flowering neckline that went all the way up to the chin and boots that went up to your knees because god forbid anybody see an ankle bump uh this They would say the same thing about everyone in today's society where the, whether they're wearing blue jeans or dresses or anything. It would be way too revealing. So again, you have to interpret things according to the times. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I go back to your to your what you referred to there about taking back the culture. This is why Christian films, faith-based films keep making garbage films.. Yep. Uh, and I appreciate the intentions of what these people are trying to do, but these these are predictable oftentimes horribly acted. Our friend Matthew Marsden, who's a British actor who's done everything from Rambo to Transformers to on down. I think he was in 139 episodes of a show that aired a, mm-hmm. of, a, of a television show in Britain. Uh, he was Reacher's dad for crying out loud in the first season of Reacher. Um, our friend Matthew Marsden, he has been very outspoken about, you just say, this, he doesn't want to be a part of these faith-based films because they they are they don't touch real culture what do you think about all that
1: i completely agree with him 100 percent. i mean they're not yeah. willing to uh be a little bit provocative they're not willing to skirt the line they're not willing to meet people where they are and i think that that's the biggest thing is you got to meet people where they're at in this i mean if you think that you're going to take culture and and shape it down the road with that type of attitude and mentality that anyone who is not as staunch as me is completely in the wrong and insult them I mean, I, we're, we might as well just hand the left all of our ideals, all of our, uh, you know, our, our education system, all of our institutions on a platter and just hand it to them with a bow tied around it. We might as well just do that if we have people who are not willing to meet people where they are and say, okay, culture is here. We might be able to shift it here, but we have to start a little bit closer to home. And then maybe we can work our way backwards, but it's not gonna be immediate. And it's certainly not gonna be, you know, with that type of mentality.
0: Yeah, we can definitely hand them the next generation and the generation after yeah. that. Um, yeah. And we know that the left is after the next generation. They do something that we don't do, and that is they go after our children. We've seen that. Uh, a couple of questions before I let you go. Couple of couple of quick things. Let's get provocative real quick. Um, you, you've you've gone to a lot of drag shows. You've been to places specifically. You, I know you. You don't care if you're doing somebody's doing drag. You don't you don't care if somebody's doing that until it targets an audience that contains children, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're and right. You've
0: you've gone to a lot of these events. They started. It got to the point where no matter how much you dressed up, see, like I gave you a hard time because I was like, you're not just dressing up. You're dressing up and still looking hot. <laughs> like you you picked your <laughs> costumes because I would see pictures and I was like, oh, she's going home to Steven dressed like that. She ain't fooling <laughs> nobody. So you you would go out in, in the wigs and, and the things like that. They got to know who you were. You, were you doing that for clicks and attention for grift or, or do you really care about what these people are doing to kids?
1: Well, I mean, I know you know the answer to that question, but uh, I will just tell you. Um, I... No, I know how bad it's gotten because we live in this world and we see it every day, but it's gotten so disgusting um, and so grotesque and so demonic. You want to use the word demonic. Let's use it where it, we we should be using it, which is here on this issue. It has gotten so demonic when it comes to the left's attempts to take our children from us right under our very eyes that I just thought – People don't believe that this is happening. You try to explain it to them, you try to tell them, and they just don't believe it. And the only way to get Mm. them to believe it is to put it right in front of them, let them see it with their very eyes and say... Are you ready to solve this problem or not? And so I just, I firmly believe that the more that we can get this content, that no one would believe, I wouldn't believe it. Five years ago, if you would have told me that we would be discussing uh, whether or not it's right to to allow parents to make the decision to chop their children's body parts off or sterilize them, whether or not, uh, you know, we were talking about in five years or previously five years, w- whether we'd be talking about um, drag queens dancing in front of young children with provocative songs playing and dancing sexually in front of children and accepting tips from young children, I would have thought you were out of your mm. mind. And so I just don't think that the average American can really process how bad it's gotten, how deep the rot is until you put it in front of them. And so for me, the more that I can go out and get that content and expose them and show people this is actually happening. You think this isn't happening in your little conservative city where you live? It is. And here's the actual footage. The more that we can do that, I I think the more that the you know, parents will wake up to what's going on around them and actually fight back. And I think that we've seen that, especially with the school boards, uh, you know, the, the pornographic literature in schools, when parents actually see what is happening to their children, they are more empowered or what is happening to their communities, they feel more empowered to mm-hmm. speak out and speak back. So that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah, and and I would say to all of those on on social media. And by the way, I didn't know that Bryson Gray called you a harlot. That pisses me yeah. off. That makes me rethink any friendship with with him in regards to that. That's that's uh, pisses me off. I, I, where were those guys? They weren't in there flipping tables when those people were shaking their giblets exactly. in front of children and kids exactly. were stuffing dollar bills into garter belts. Uh, they they weren't in there doing that thing. But if but if a calendar is pissing you off, I think you got a misplaced emotion there. Your passions mm-hmm. are certainly directed in the wrong place. All right. A lot of things I could talk about. And we'll do this again. Sarah, you're perfect. And I know you got to go be perfect on your own show here in a minute. You're so I'm so gonna so let you go. But I love you. And before we let you go, um, big, uh, some other things on the parallel economy side of things that are coming this year, you're still working on releasing uh, a bigger version of your makeup line, American mm-hmm. Beauty by Sarah. How's that going?
1: Yeah, it's going great. Um, It's, you know, beginning of the year, just like uh, we had Thanksgiving, we had Christmas, we had New Year's. So we are meeting... Uh, we have a big meeting next week to uh, to unveil a whole lot, but we are doing nothing but uh, grow and more really mm. fun things to come at um, AmericanBeautyBySara.com. I'm really, really excited. We're going to take over the world, Chad.
0: I love it. I love it. I just want to be the chief, what did I call it? The chief fun officer, CFO, yes. chief yeah, fun yeah. officer. CFO, yeah. And uh, I, that's, that's my retirement gig right there. Done. And um, is it, there's no H in Sarah. For, mm-hmm. for those of you who may not know, I think all of you do at this point, but by Sarah.com. And you can subscribe to her uh, YouTube channel, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Is that right?
1: Yes, is, as of right now. What of is right the new now, name of the YouTube? As of, as of the time that we're talking, it is still the news and why it matters with Sarah Gonzalez. Okay. It will be changing to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered um, okay. January 29th. But if you just search Sarah Gonzalez, you, odds are you're going to find me.
0: And the name of the new show is Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Correct.
1: Yes, correct. And it's, I know it's, they kicked around. Yeah. Well, and it's a, uh, it's kind of a little flashback because, you know, when I was, I was still kind of new to the scene, I had started my YouTube channel and I called it Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered. um, And Mm, I did all of those Nancy Pelosi, AOC satire videos and kind of built up my subscribers by doing all of that comedic content. And then we, they wanted to rebrand the YouTube channel. So we rebranded it to news and why it matters with Sarah Gonzalez. And now uh, that I've built up that. I'm going to go back to the old Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered and we're just going to do the show.
0: Yeah. Which reminds me to tell everybody that there used to be a Facebook page out there called Watch Chad Prather that belonged to the Blaze. And they only put Blaze articles on there. Occasionally I would share something to it. It's now called Conservative Cowboy and I have no affiliation with it whatsoever. They have now, the Blaze has now removed me from any administrative access to it. So uh, I want to know who is
1: the Conservative Cowboy.
0: Well, they got my face on it still. So that's interesting. Um, And and again, uh, that's their business. It was their page. It's 1.9 million followers. But I encourage people, if you're looking for me there, I'm not there. anymore. I haven't been there for a long time. Uh, But, you know, the Chad Prather Show on Facebook, uh, Chad Prather, numerous places, Political Cowboy, all those things. And, of course, I want you to follow at Sarah Gonzalez TX. Once again, there's no H in Sarah. Spell it the right way. At Sarah Gonzalez TX. TX on Instagram, it's the same on Twitter, and yes. or X, whatever we're yes. calling it. And um, you uh, are doing some other projects. I don't know if you could talk about those at this stage to promote them, but I know that you're going to see Sarah everywhere. It's going to be all Sarah all day mm-hmm. coming yeah. your way. Yeah, uh, some coming Texas really specific, Texas specific projects as well as consistency, consistently on the blaze. I'll be there. Uh, on the 31st. So yes. tell your producers that I'm, I'm coming in. I did. in a reunion. I did. It's
1: on the so. books. You can't cancel on me. It's already on the books.
0: All right. Good. And uh, But make sure you're following Sarah. I promise you guys, Sarah Gonzalez is the voice of the future. Y'all are going to see her blow up bigger than ever. Uh, this new iteration of her show is going to blow everything else out of the water. People are asking me, What what do we watch? What do we watch live? Watch Sarah. Watch Sarah because it's going to be provocative. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be funny. It's going to be. And you guys can see from her, the basis on which she talks about these issues. She's well-studied, well-versed, well-researched, and she's just damn sharp. So thank you, Sarah. This this 30-minute conversation has now turned into an hour and 15, and that's exactly (laughs) what I hoped it would do. That's exactly what I hoped it would do. Sarah, I love you
1: so very much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm excited to see you soon.
0: You're going to see me soon. All right. God bless you, Sarah. All right. For the rest of you guys out there, make sure you go to watchchad.com. It's where all the fun stuff is. And check me out live out on the road and all of the stuff that we got going on. In the meantime, we'll see you in the next episode. We love you. God bless you. Bye.